Well, thanks very much for joining us. This is Jonathan Armstrong from Cordry. With me is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris, all over there on the uh, far coast of the U.S. And I guess like most people in the U.S. in the last week or so, Eric, you, your mind is dominated by cyber security. What are you thinking? We live in strange, strange times, as uh, former President Barack Obama just said in South Africa. But what I want to talk about today, Jonathan, uh, has to do with uh, blinking red cyber threats. So over the past couple of years, we've heard a lot about Russian efforts on the Internet to possibly influence the United States' 2016 presidential election. And, of course, we also keep getting news about major hacks of businesses and the wrongful accessing of personal uh, consumer information, et cetera. And now, Jonathan, if that were not enough, Dan Coates, our national intelligence director, uh, has stated that cyber threats to U.S. national security are, quote, blinking red, close quote, as warning lights. Indeed, Director Coates has revealed that online efforts to undercut the fabric of the United States are happening on a daily basis. And this was all taking place right in the midst of when our President Trump was meeting with Vladimir Putin of Russia in Helsinki. And right in that time period, Coates stated that Russia has been the most assertive outside force trying to disrupt the United States, but that China, which is now subject to greater U.S. tariffs, Iran, as to which we've now walked away from a nuclear agreement, and North Korea, which was supposedly mollified on the nuclear front, but facts now seem to indicate otherwise, um, are also uh, at work uh, seeking to undermine the United States on the Internet, as well as criminal organizations and other hackers. Important to know is that cyber threats referred to by Director Coates are not just those relating to our elections, even though that is a huge issue, and especially with respect to the fact that we have midterm congressional elections coming up. But targets also encompass various aspects of federal government, pardon me, various aspects of the federal government, including the military, um, state, and local governments, U.S. businesses, including financial institutions, and businesses supporting critical infrastructure, and also academic institutions. Director Coates has said that Russian government operatives have been detected by the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, and international allies as part of Russian efforts to target the nuclear, aviation, water, and energy, and other important manufacturing sectors. Be afraid, be very afraid. Director Coates likens the immediacy of these current cyber threats, Jonathan, to the blinking red warning intelligence channels of a likely terrorist attack prior to 9-11. That causes some concern. He made these comments at the Hudson Institute in Washington, D.C. Uh, soon after the Department of Justice indicted 12 Russian intelligence officers who are accused of hacking Democrat emails and releasing hacked information in advance of the 2016 presidential election. Um, despite Russia's denial of any attempt to disrupt the U.S. presidential election, Coates said that there are still ongoing Russian efforts to, quote, manipulate social media and to spread propaganda focused on hot-button issues that are intended to exacerbate 
socio-political divisions, close quote. So, Jonathan, plainly now is the time not to be complacent when it comes to cyber threats. Maximum and best defensive efforts, in my view, should be undertaken to prevent the types of harms that could ensue from in intended cyber threats as outlined by Director Coates. Now, just to wrap up my initial uh, opening here, um, you know, Coates was making these warnings, and in some ways he might have felt thrown under the bus uh, based on then, you know, what occurred in Helsinki when the president said, sure, I'm getting some information from my intelligence people, but, you know, Putin, you know, on the other hand, vigorously denies it. And Trump said, you know, why would it be Russia? And then later had to walk that back as he uh, uh, came into a firestorm of criticism when he returned to the United States. So, Mr. Armstrong, what say you? Well, a thousand things to unpack there. I guess we've <laughs> talked about um, the, uh, the sort of attempts to influence the election before, and you rightly called back in the day that it would become uh, an issue in uh, your, uh, your election, the hacking, and it was. And, and I've recounted the time that I uh, spread, uh, shared the stage with uh, Guccifer 2.0, or at least his proxy, when the pedestrian emails were disclosed. So in the interest of time, maybe we'll allow people to listen again to those earlier podcasts and focus really on, on the business aspect. I was at a behind-closed-doors briefing recently from um, people involved in this space where they were very frank about the threats from those nation-state actors that you discuss, and also the fact that, of course, sometimes individuals move between groups there is at least a thought that some of these state-sponsored actors allow gangs in the criminal fraternity to, uh, you know, create malware, and that they uh, occasionally turn a blind eye, and occasionally there's an exchange of personnel between the two organizations. So I don't think I can say any more about the or anything at all about the behind-closed-doors meeting, safe to say, maybe the words, wow, scary. Um, it's important to remember, though, that even if you are the victim of a cyber attack, you probably are going to have obligations to deal with that, to report it, to make good any harm to the victims. Obviously, we've had much more focus on that recently with GDPR passing but similar uh, uh, legislation exists around the world. Japan, for example, has recently reached uh, an understanding with the EU about uh, GDPR equivalence. And even if it's ransomware, so even if the data hasn't actually gone, but you can't get access to it, then that's likely to be reportable under GDPR as well. And oftentimes that requires a really careful balancing act because you don't want to upset the security services of your home nation by disclosing exact details of the attack. And equally, you don't want to uh, take a risk with the, uh, with the um, data protection authorities. Uh, remember, of course, that as you said, uh, Eric, 
a lot of the targets of these attacks are providers of critical national infrastructure, and then Europe can also be subject to other rules known as the NIS rules, which might mean that they have to make a report in 24 hours, not 72. So if you're on the wrong end, well, first of all, of course, heed the words of those people who are trying to tell you that these attacks are on the increase. I know that they are, and I know that they're getting more scary, so I endorse the, 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 the speech there in the U.S. Secondly, I think for businesses, they have to act on that intelligence and make sure that they're doing the very best they can to protect themselves. Some of these attacks are what's called zero-day attacks, so they're things that aren't really known about, but many of them aren't. Many of them exploit vulnerabilities that have been known for days, weeks, months, and in some cases, years. So if you haven't patched the software on your web browser technology, for example, for, um, you know, for two years, and that vulnerability is exploited, then you are likely to face a pretty heavy fine now under GDPR. And remember, if you don't report the breach, you potential potentially double up your penalty. So 20 million euros are 4% of turnover for the breach, and 20 million euros potentially, or uh, I think 10 million euros are 2% of turnover, possibly for failure to report the breach. So uh, you do need to act to make yourself more secure, to have a procedure to respond really quickly to incidents, and then in some cases approach the authorities, whether that be the data protection authorities or the security services or both. So probably quick off-the-cuff comments, Eric, but I agree it's a huge problem. People need to do their very best to protect themselves, and also they're going to get attacks anyway, so they need to do their very best to respond to those attacks when they come. Yes, good points, and I just have three final ones, and that is, uh, first, you know, we need to make sure here that our government is unified in listening to the uh, warnings uh, being provided uh, from our intelligence community. Second, I completely agree with you that uh, companies and individuals must make best efforts to try to be secure. And then third, of course, we also have uh, data breach notification laws here in the United States that need to be complied with uh, much better to be transparent uh, than to hide a problem because that can, you know, really create greater problems later. But that could be the topic of another discussion for TechWall 10. So this rounds it out. I'm Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris. My email address is ejsinrod at DwayneMorris.com. Of course, you can find us on the usual social media outlets. Jonathan, back to you. Thanks very much, Eric. Of course, the words unified government to somebody from the UK are like showing garlic to a vampire at the moment. But I'll <laughs> proceed nonetheless and say my contact details for Jonathan Dodd Armstrong at CordryCompliance.com. We'd love to have your views on this or any other topic. No need to hack us for that. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, all those other channels. And we look forward to speaking to you again in a week or so. Thank you. Cheers. Thank <laughs> you.